This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Network. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Network does not take responsibility for the statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from the offices of Pretori Law in Tyson's, Virginia. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-hosts, Natalie Gosnell, Cressa, David Kunzman, Pretori Law, Connie Hamill, KWC, Les Smolin, Vistage, and Andrea Dykes, Howard Insurance. Les, can you give us a rundown on who we have on the air today, please? We have Kerry Fox, President and CEO of Mission Partners, uh, Jeannie Jung, President at Spider Smart. Andrea Dykes, uh, Managing Partner at Howard Insurance, and Mohamud Jabrel, Co-Founder and CEO at NormShield. Let's get to know our first guest, who is Carrie Fox, President and CEO of Mission Partners. Carrie, what is Mission Partners? What are you guys doing? Yeah, hi, thanks. Uh, Mission Partners is a social impact firm. We work with nonprofits, corporations, foundations, helping them move their missions forward through communications and strategy. And how large or how small is this organization? We're about 12 full-time. Mm-hmm. Small but mighty. And uh, how'd you get a job with this company? I started the company a couple of years ago. You started the business. Where are you from originally? I'm from East Hanover, New Jersey. Uh-huh. And uh, how many brothers and sisters do you I'm have? I'm the middle of three. You're the middle of three. And, and how young were you when you started making money? I was 12 years old when I started making money. What were you doing? I started a babysitting business in the neighborhood. A babysitting business. What did you do different than all the other babysitters? I was the one that collected all the neighbors that were about my age and, and turned into a little uh, agency where I would go and find the business and then farm them out. Whoever, whoever had availability, I would book them. Uh-huh. What's the similarity between you uh, playing agency babysitter when you were 12 years old and what you're doing now with this organization known as Mission Partners? Yeah, finding opportunities early on, being creative, and how you solve those problems. Oh, I see. That's a pretty interesting connection there. David, what are you thinking? Uh, Tell us what your parents did. My mom was a teacher. My Mm -hmm. dad was a doctor. And you mentioned the green room. Your mother was committed to philanthropy. She was. And how does that impact you today? Yeah, and everything she did, she was giving back. And so every day she'd say, you know, you, you know where you're from, you know where, where you've been given, and find ways to give back. And, and it, it's embedded in everything I do. And uh, what, do you, what do you use from your father every day in your job? Complete entrepreneurship. He was a, he was a self-starter. He started his own practice, and so I saw that early on. Mm-hmm. Connie? What skills do you find you carry from being a middle child into your profession? Yeah, you know, I was thinking a little bit about more, more about this. Independence, for sure. Uh, being a go-getter, being the one who um, has to work a little harder to have a voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what was your first full-time position once you found your path? Yeah, so my first full-time position I got when I was still in college, uh, still an undergrad, got a job full-time working for Cal Ripken Jr., at the time, he was still playing ball for the Orioles, and so I helped him through his retirement and to the start of his foundation. Great. Uh, so that's a communication skill you got. Where did that come from? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it comes back to when I was a, a kid, being that middle of three and having to find a way to make sure that my voice is heard in between an older brother, younger sister. Hmm, that's interesting. And you got a job working with Cal Rip- Ripken, yeah. helping him into his retirement. Yeah, that's right. It's fascinating. Uh, Andrea? Yeah, speaking of sports, Carrie, what sports did you play growing up? I was a gymnast. How did you choose gymnastics? I had a great influence and a grandfather who lived across the street from me, and so I always got to see him doing handstands in his backyard. And he um, was pretty good? He was very good. He was incredibly good. He actually trained with the U.S. Olympic team in the 1940s. And what did you learn from grandfather or your time in gymnastics that plays into your role as CEO today? I learned a lot from my grandfather, Uh, not just a a love of sport, um, but also a love of people and a love of building relationships and thinking about uh, all of those who who I interact with every day, how to to learn something from everyone. Mm -hmm. Lester? Um, 
So your grandfather, big influence, mom and dad as well. Anyone else have an influence on you that uh, shaped who you are today? Yeah, an early boss named Don Foley. My first agency job after I left Ripken Baseball was at a firm called Prison Public Affairs. I was the first employee there. And what did you learn from him that you use today? So there's one thing that sticks with me, um, but it's all about relationships. He was the one that really focused that business isn't just about profit. Business isn't just about business, but business is about people and relationships. Hmm. Interesting. So, Kara, you've talked about a few positions that you had starting when you babysat when you were 12 years old. What characteristic have you carried through all of your jobs that has helped you succeed? Heart, 100%. That I wear my heart on my sleeve. People know how I feel. People know that this isn't just a business to me. This is a passion. And how does that impact kind of your culture at your, at your company now? Yeah, we have an incredible culture at our team. We're incredibly diverse. We are, in fact, all women uh, at our company, which is a pretty remarkable thing in our sector to be a, a women-owned, women-led firm. Um, but we are all heart in everything we do. You mentioned earlier that your mom um, told you you had to give back to count your blessings or something like That's that. Right. What was that all about? So I think she knew that, you know, we, she and my dad had worked hard to get us into great schools. I, I was able to go to incredible college. They all worked hard for that. And they knew that there was uh, a commitment to community as part of that process. And so I learned that early on. We volunteered early on. Um, but it, now I spend all of my time thinking about how I can help nonprofit organizations and causes move forward. When you say you volunteered uh, at a young age, what do you mean you volunteered at a young age? What are you talking about? Yeah, I spent a lot of time, whether it was working with kids, working with animals, you know, whereas I think a lot of other kids spent more time than me on team sports, I spent more time in community, um, supporting community. Give us an example. So I spent a lot of time um, in local libraries reading. Um, I love to read. I still love to read. I'm always, I'm always with a book wherever I am. And so I would spend a lot of time with younger kids, uh, helping them learn to read. Helping younger kids learn to read. So this thing about you know, giving back in the community, it's really part of your soul, isn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. David? And you've made that part of your corporation I have as well. made it part of my corporation. Yeah. That's right. So we are really proud to be a benefit corporation, uh, a B corporation, also known as there's only about 3,000 of them in the world. There's only 200 women owned. Um, and it means we are legally bound to think about social impact in everything we do. What do you mean legally bound to think about social? What are you talking about? Just like a nonprofit releases an annual report every year, we release a social impact report. So we have to think about our governance, our benefits, um, how we're caring for our employees, the business decisions we make. We're put through a pretty high standard to make sure that we are operating at the highest level of business. Why would you create another obstacle in building your own business? Why would you want this B-Corp certification. Uh, it's far from an obstacle. It's a major differentiator for us. It's actually been the greatest path to be able to grow our business. What are you talking about? So uh, it helps, uh, one, uh, bring younger, uh, new employees to the door. So there is a draw to be able to work with a company who doesn't just say something but can do something. Uh, it's also been a great uh, differentiator for us in winning business. Mm-hmm. Are mom and dad aware of what you're doing nowadays? Very much so. Uh-huh. Are they surprised? I would say they are not surprised. Uh, you think they're proud? I would say that they are Why? Because um, I think my mom, especially, um, she was not a business person. Um, I think the way that I have taken the skills from childhood and put them into practice makes her really proud. And I have two younger girls. Uh, I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. And I think that um, it's also nice for them to see their mom as a leader in business doing something that, that matters. How do they get to see their mom as a leader in business making a difference? Yeah, so, well, not, not only do they get to come to work with me sometimes on those days that public schools closed, but I bring it home with me, and, and in the best ways, p- to be honest. I mean, I think that they're the ones who hold me accountable. They're the ones that if I'm going to say something, if I'm going to build something, I've got them to, to look at at the end of the day. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Well, I think if I was building a business that um, was just building a business for profit, there's nothing wrong with that either, but it's just not who I am. And so I can come home at the end of the day and I can tell my girls what I'm doing to help incredible organizations, what I'm doing to boost up women-owned organizations, what I'm doing to help organizations that are supporting kids with cancer. And that matters to them, and they're passionate about that too. Lester? Is there any irony in the fact that uh, being a middle kid and, and wanting to find your own voice and make your own way, that now you give voice to all these things that matter? 
I think there's a there's a perfect connection to that. I mean, I think um, whether I had realized it or not, being that middle kid probably really helped me uh, push me to be that independent driver of of uh, of this business. What's the best part of your day? Uh, gosh, um, interacting with my team. Incredible, passionate group of people who just like I do, show up every day with their heart. And what a great environment to be in every day. And, and what are you guys doing for a living? What do you do? So I run a social impact firm. So we are supporting nonprofits, foundations, think about whatever stands in their way of being as successful as they can be. So we might be helping them with fundraising. We might be helping them create a communications campaign. We might help, help them advocate for an issue on Capitol Hill. Whatever it is, whatever stands in their way of being able to move their mission forward. What's the website address of this organization, Mission Partners? Mission.partners. Let me have that one more time. Sure, it's Mission.partners. We've been speaking with Carrie Fox, President and CEO of Mission Partners here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. That's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, we'll be back in a moment right after this business spotlight. And your name and organization is? My name is Mary Colas, and I am with Spider Smart Inc. And what's your role with Spider Smart? I am business development manager. Uh-huh. Where are you from originally? Ohio. And how many brothers and sisters do you have? Two brothers. I'm in the middle. And when you were a kid, how young were you when you started making money? 13. And what were you doing? Cleaning chalkboards and toilets at the local school. Wait a minute, you were cleaning chalkboards and toilets at the local school and you were 13 years old. Whose idea was it for you to get this job? You know, my parents really wanted me to feel a sense of ambition. What are you talking about? Tell me more. Well, I wasn't grateful at the time that I had to get a job, but I'm extremely grateful now. What are you talking about? I just feel that I'm even more passionate now uh, because of the hard work that they exemplified. So mom and dad wanted you to go get a job and you got a job cleaning toilets and chalkboards when you were a kid and you think that helps shape you for your role nowadays tell us more about that I do I think that it makes me extremely hardworking, and I can't even wait to get to work each day what tell me more I thought I thought the whole thing was work was work and the, the idea was to play all the time well I think you know for this company you, you work hard but work is truly joyful Wait. and I think that's quite rare what are you telling me it's joyful? What are you talking about? I think just getting to be with the kids, uh, just watching our company grow nationally and internationally and helping children around the world, I think that that keeps us going. Wow. So your gig really tra- it doesn't feel like work to you. It feels like it's fun. Yeah. I'm thankful for that. What's, what's the website address of your organization? Spidersmart.com. Let me have that one more time. Spidersmart.com. And your name again is? Mary Colas. And your role in the organization? Business Development Manager. So we've been speaking with Mary Colas, Business Development Manager of Spidersmart. And the website address one last time. Spidersmart.com. And this has been your Business Spotlight. And your name is? Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And wh- what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, the conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh-huh. And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, wh- what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure I have a, make sure eight executive community members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Do you, wh- what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings, and such. So you're you're, well, you're running a 24 by 7 facility, aren't you? We are. 
Uh huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is? Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your business spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. And we'd like to introduce Jeannie Jung, who is the president of Spider Smart. What is Spider Smart? What are you guys doing? Spider Smart is a franchising company with 30 locations. And we focus on improving children's reading and writing skills. Huh. All right. And uh, where are you from originally? I'm from. I'm originally from South Korea. Uh huh. How many brothers and sisters? I have two sisters and one brother. And where were you in the pecking order? Second. You're the second of four. And how young were you when you came to the U.S.? I was 16 years old. Why'd you come to the U.S.? For education. What do you mean? Well, my parents thought that America back in 1970s had a better best education system uh-huh. they wanted us to be educated in the u.s isn't that the business you're in yes it sure is what do you mean well we have 30 locations 30 learning centers uh, nationally and we focus on improving children's reading and writing skills sounds to me like you were really focused on improving your own skills and that's what you're giving back to other people isn't that isn't there a connection there exactly there is a connection uh-huh what is the connection the connection is that that i have gone through uh, many obstacles many difficulty improving my language skills reading and writing speaking and listening so i decided that this is the job for me. And I decided to start my own location back in 1989. Uh-huh. What, what, what's the job for you? The job initially was um, developing this curriculum that really would help um, children to do reading, um, reading books on a regular basis and do, doing the writing based on So readings. you kept on figuring out a better way to teach people. Yes. Your nature is to figure out a better way. You're like the master mother. Who's got the uh, next question? Andrea, what, what questions do you I have? understand when you came to the U.S., mom and dad started a business and mm-hmm. that business failed. What was yes. the impact to you at the time? Well, I think the impact was at the time, um, I, I, I realized the importance of financial stability because uh, because of this business failure, we uh, my parents lost all their money and they had to f- start from scratch. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Well, uh, well, you know the bus- uh, the business went bankrupt. So at that time, my my par- my dad had to um, uh, work as a taxi driver in New York City, and my mom had to get a job as a chef. Mm-hmm. David, um, when you came to the United States, how old were you when you started making money? Well. Um, well, at 16, I, I noticed that about 30 minutes of walking distance from my uh, rented house, there was uh, there was Pizza Hut. So I walked over there, and I, um, you know, I didn't know English very well, but I could say, can I have a job? So w- I, d- I ended up getting a job there as mm-hmm. a waitress. And what did you do differently than the other workers? Well, the other workers, were they were in the back room smoking marijuana while I was vacuuming the floor and... <laughs> answering phones with my broken English. <laughs> so you were, you were working harder than, than Most others. Definitely, yes. And as part being an immigrant there are many challenges and mm-hmm. and you mentioned the green uh, survival instinct. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. How does that help you today in work? Well, survival instinct I think what it means is how can I do better today than yesterday? How can I make things better? So uh, this is something I think about every morning, and I, I kind of reflect on what I did yesterday, and today I think, how am I going to do that better today? And that is a survival instinct for me. Natalie? Jenny, do you have any kids? Yes, I have two kids, one uh, daughter, one son. Okay, so uh, when you moved to the United States, you said your parents wanted you to come here for better education. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you wanted to do for your kids when they grew up to better their lives as well? Well, I, I thought that as I was raising uh, my children, I think um, I kind of valued their opinions and I, I kind of, uh, you know, wanted them to find their own ways. However, they really, uh, you know, learned from me, I, you know, I think. My son became an entrepreneur, and he's in San Francisco. He just raised $170 million for, for his company. Uh, excuse me, how much money did your son raise? 
170 million. He so he's pretty driven, isn't he? And he pretty is, capable. Right. And then last message that he sent me was, "Mom, you were my, you are my inspiration." So I was like really touched. And what I does he mean by that? Because I think what he means is he kind of, um, you know, growing up, he kind of uh, watched me, uh, you know, working hard and just trying to do things better. So he, uh, you know, he learned that from me. I think. And, wha and what's your daughter up to? My daughter is a, a director of an off-Broadway company. Uh, she majored in theater and uh, she is, uh, she directs up. Uh, Place uh, in New York City. Sounds me, sounds me like both of your kids have taken control of uh, helping organize other people. Uh, yes. Connie? You mentioned in the green room that when you immigrated, you would walk around the neighborhood looking for the American dream. Mm -hmm. And as you discovered that immigration was more about survival, how has that and your experiences since then changed your vision of the American dream? Well, at that point when I was 16 and I was very curious uh, about the American dream and what it entailed um, but then I realized over many many years that, that uh, the American dream is not an achievement it's something it's what we call a journey so it's not a destination it's a journey every day you have to kind of look forward and see the wide road and see what you can do things how you can do things better Lester? As an immigrant, what was the hardest part for you coming here at 16? Mm -hmm. And what did it teach you about yourself that you use now? Well, uh, the hardest part is, um, is just, um, um, you know, understanding the culture, understanding the environment, and, uh, you know, and trying to figure out how I would fit in this culture, how I would fit and make this my life. What did you learn about yourself in terms of fit? I think what I learned about myself is that that I I always I am kind of um, I am thinking always about myself and I am always trying to improve and and I and I also feel that that building relationships is, is very important and so I I there are just so many things I always think about and my goal is to become a better person and better business person and I'm and and making make a difference in in children's lives and, and so uh, so if if doing that is important to you how does it show up at work for you what specifically do you do at work that makes that real for you well i wake up every morning and i always you know i always look forward to going to work and i just simply love my job and and i i love the progress that we are making every day and i love the children's faces and i just love working with these wonderful teachers and i feel like i'm totally lucky to be in this position Jeannie, what's good enough good enough well I'm not sure that there is something good enough because there is always a movement, movement for progress. Do you see yourself retiring someday? Well, uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Because I thought the American dream was you know make a lot of money and uh, retire to Florida. Well, that's an illusion. Um, I think I think you know just uh, from my life, I, as I said, that it's it's a journey that never ends, and. Uh, I really don't like Florida. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so, so when you say it's a journey that never ends, is it, is so is it, is it continuing business? Or what else do you think you're going to get interested in? What else do you think well is going to grab your I attention? Th I think in the future, I would really like to help this uh, our franchises. They're all small business owners. And I really want to um, just kind of you know, just share my experience and see how wonderful it is, um, how wonderful it has been that I had I met so many great people, such hardworking people, and I would really like to share my experience with every franchisee. Wait a minute. I thought that um, many times there's a lot of conflict between franchisees and the franchisor. It sounds to me like you're considering these franchisees your children. Kind of yes, <laughs> I have a maternal instinct, you know. A maternal everywhere instinct. Everywhere I go, <laughs> you uh -huh. know, I feel like I'm a mother. <laughs> uh huh. You feel like you're a mother. So it sounds like you're on the same side of the fence as your franchisees. You really want them to succeed, don't you? Of course, of course. We are all in this uh, boat together. So, of course. Well, it's the way you're seeing things. I mean, you have your way of viewing things where you're, you just said it. You're all in this boat together. Mm -hmm. You really enjoy working with your franchisees and you really enjoy seeing them succeed as well as their customers, yes. don't you? Yes. Uh huh. 
What's the uh, what's the website address of this organization known as Spider Smart? Ooh, what's what's the what's the name for? Oh, we're gonna run out of time. What's the website address for Spider Smart? Oh, it's uh, spidersmart.com. Give me that one more time. Spidersmart.com. We've been speaking with Jeannie Jung, who's president of Spider Smart here on Executive Leaders Radio. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. And your name is Ramon Parker. And Ramon, the name of the organization? Loudon Free Clinic. And you were telling me there's some something special about the Loudon Free Clinic where every dollar that goes in does something else. What was that all about? Yeah, it does something magical. So for every dollar that's donated to our clinic, we can deliver $8 worth of care. And what kind of clinic is this? Who are, you, who are you helping out? What kind of stuff do you guys do? So we're helping out those who are 18 to 64 who are uninsured and low income, 200% or below the federal poverty level. And give me this thing about the math again. Give me how that works. So essentially, I have a, a staff of 12 individuals and 128 volunteers. So with that kind of payer mix, I'm able to deliver you know, anywhere from $8 uh, in care for our patients. Because you've been able to enroll the support of so many volunteers, you're actually keeping the cost of health care down and therefore multiplying the dollars. And making one of, it one of the best business investments for private corporations who want to invest. And didn't, ah, interesting. So private businesses and individuals can get involved. And didn't you Absolutely. tell me you had a couple of health care challenges yourself? What were they? I have. I've had four open heart surgeries, and mm -hmm. it helps me to understand what patients need. What are you talking about? What do you mean? So the idea of having been on the table or being a patient, I'm able to take a patient focus in how we deliver care differently than most people would. What did you, what did you learn from those experiences personally? What do you appreciate that most of us don't? I appreciate consistency. Um, I think that a, a staff at the hospital, nurses, providers, mm -hmm. parents, mm -hmm. family, all those people consistently being around me and consistently offering me hope. Uh, I'm so full of it that I have to offer that to the patients and to the staff when I'm working with them. What's the website address for the Loudon Free Clinic? Loudonfreeclinic.org. Let me have that one more time. L-O-U-D-O-U-N freeclinic.org. We've been speaking with your name again? Ramon Parker. And this has been your Business Spotlight. Thank you. This is John Shuhart. Join us, joining us for our Business Spotlight is Barry File. Who are you with, Barry? I'm with Celebrate Fairfax, a yeah. 501c3 nonprofit in Fairfax, Virginia. And what do you do with uh, Celebrate Fairfax? I am very fortunate to be the president and CEO of the organization. So what does Fairfax, or excuse me, Celebrate Fairfax do? We have a mission to celebrate Fairfax County and its communities. We serve the 1.1 million people who live in the county and all, as well as all the people who uh, visit and work there. So uh, what do you enjoy about working at Celebrate Fairfax? It is the best job in the world. It is. We come to work every day, my team and I. And we get to prepare and plan and produce events for 75,000, 100,000 people. And we treat them like, we think of them like, like they're our, our friends. So, so we get to come in and, and just plan great events for them. What makes those events so special? We try to be unique uh, within this region especially, but we're always trying to stretch the envelope of what people expect from events. People go to events because they want to have great experiences. And for us, we are always trying to give them that return on investment because they're not giving us necessarily a lot of money when they come to our event, but they are giving us their time and their energy, and that's an important thing. People want that ROI back. So did you ever think you'd be doing this when you were a kid? No, never. I, I think that when I was a kid, I, I, was, I was building things, designing things, and somewhere along the line I fell into events and realized that it was a natural extension for me, that I just loved producing things. So what was it about being a kid that led you to this? Um, I think that it was just the challenges that were there. I always tried to figure out solutions to problems that didn't exist, and uh, that's what we do now. It's, it's the same principle. So when did you first start overcoming big challenges as a kid? Uh, I think I always was. Uh, I think that uh, I lived in a household with two older kids, parents who had their own things going on, and I think for me I just always uh, tried to find my own way. What's your website? Our website is celebratefairfax.com. This is John Schuhart, and this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Andrea Dykes, Managing Partner of Howard Insurance. Andrea, what is Howard Insurance? What do you we are a privately do? owned insurance and risk management firm. And how large or how small is this firm? We have 30 employees, clients nationally and internationally. Huh. Clients nationally and internationally. Where are you from originally? I'm from Rockville, Maryland. And how many brothers and sisters? One younger brother. One younger brother. And uh, 8 to 14, what kind of uh, sports were you playing? I was playing basketball. 
Uh-huh. Tell us a little bit about uh, playing sports, basketball, when you're 8 to 14. Well, I've got some short stature, so it was stacked against me, but I persevered and, and was successful as the point guard on the team. All right, so you, were, you actually told us in the green room you were the shortest kid on the team and, uh, and a girl, and, um, and you were the point guard. How did you end up being the point guard? What was the problem? What personality trait did you bring to being the point guard? So the point guard's generally the leader of the team, takes the team down the field, and, or the court rather, and, and positions them for uh, scoring. Uh, what, what's that role of being the point guard uh, on the basketball team, considering you were the shortest girl on the team, have to do with your being the managing partner of Howard Insurance? Well, I've assembled a team of tall people and, and folks that have <laughs> other traits that I don't have so that we're best positioned to be a team to drive the best results for our clients. Did you really see a connection there between uh, basketball and what you're doing at Howard Insurance? Oh, absolutely. And it's all about building the team and, you know, calling the shots and stuff like that? Well, not calling the shots. We all play together. There's no egos, and whoever's in the best position to deliver the best results is is the person to, to take it home. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I understood, <laughs> Natalie. So you have one younger brother. Would you guys, would you say that you differ from him or you have pretty similar characteristics? So my brother is a little different than I am. He is an engineer by trade and, and very process driven where I tend to be a little bit more, call it emotional. And uh, um, so he's, uh, he's, he's analytical and different in his approach to life for sure. And what have you learned from him as you build your business? So process is important, uh, making sure everybody knows the steps along the way. And, and intuition is really great. So a combination of intuition and being flexible, but also having a, a process that everybody knows for, for the best possible outcome. Mm -hmm. Lester? Go back to your basketball uh, story. W what's the thing you learned about yourself that enabled you to excel in the role as opposed to a natural gift you have for being tall and can dunk? I mean, there is something. So what was it? You know, uh, being on the team, I, I learned to listen to other people, to rely on other people, which is sometimes a challenge when you're independent and, and want to do things on your own. Mm -hmm. And what's that got to do with what you do now in the role that you play? So you can't do everything on your own. You have to bring in experts. You have to hand the ball off, and, and you have to trust that it's it's the right folks um, to be able to you know support you and and to mm -hmm. Connie you mentioned earlier that you have uh, three kids ranging in age from seven and a half to eight months and old and that is a very wide range of personalities and things happening at one time how has that impacted or affected your leadership style well, my kids are everything to me, obviously, as, as most moms will say. And, and what they teach me is that every morning when they wake up, even when it's 5 a.m., and, and most often it's, it's well before 6, uh, to wake up with a smile. So approach each day with the same enthusiasm that these kids have for bouncing out of bed and seeing mom and dad and going to play with their toys. Mm -hmm. David? Um, tell us about your first job. So my first job was in the customer service department of a catalog. You know, we didn't have the internet. You didn't order uh, stuff online. And, and we were selling um, sheets and, and various accoutrements for freshmen students entering college. And uh, what did you do differently than other employees at that venture? Well, generally, we took orders for the folks that would call in and order the extra long sheets for the beds. And, and so some of the sales contests that would go on would be to upsell, you know, the shower caddy or the laundry bag. And what I think I did differently was I, I appreciated the contest, but some of the products I didn't think were suitable for certain customers. And so I, I wouldn't recommend it, even if it was, you know, going against my quote unquote quota. And so how do you use that today in insurance? Oh, all the time. I mean, the industry, the insurance industry has a wrap for, you know, product pushing and, and we do things differently. We, we do what's best for the client. And if it's not the right shower caddy, they're, they're not going to get it. And before joining Howard Insurance, you had other options, but you, you decided to go with Howard and have a business partner. Why did you do that? 
Well, having a, a the right partner is is really important to me. You know, to have somebody that pushes you to be better, um, somebody that you can rely on um, to tell you the truth and give you the candid feedback. I, I'm always on a quest for you know personal and professional development and. Um, somebody by my side to to help me along that journey is really important. Mm-hmm. What role does your dad have in, in shaping your thinking on that? So dad was a tax partner. He worked very long hours and he had other partners, but you know he wasn't around during tax season, so January to uh, April. So you know I I I didn't want to miss out on some of the things, and so having a team around me so that not only for the clients, but so that I can spend time with the family and do other things, I think is, is critical. Connie? So I- insurance is generally a male-dominated field, and, and you mentioned that you entered the field as a young female and have risen up to the level of managing partner. How did you go about doing that, and what did you learn along the way? Uh, I, I learned that, you know, some folks have certain expectations of who they you know, want to see walk in the room or who they think they want to see walk in the room. And then when they see something different, they realize that the grass is greener. Uh, it's a different approach. It's a different style. So that's lended, um, that's worked well for me. And, and then what I've done with that is is try to bring other young people into the industry, young women, people of color. It's really important to me that the industry is reflective of the clients and, and the people that we serve and, and not just seeing the same uh, typical face, so to speak. So that's kind of how you give back to the community. Is there any other thing you do to get involved in the community? Yeah, I feel really strongly about supporting women. So um, women and girls who either um, are economically disadvantaged, um, helping them get to a place of economic security is, is extremely important to me. I grew up, you know, without that sort of challenge, and I can't imagine um, what that would be like. So, uh, And then professionally, for the women that are either a looking to be in a senior leadership position, uh, move up in their professional career, get uh, seated at a, at a board level, anything that I can do to, to promote um, women is, is something that I, I feel very strongly about. What's the name of this organization you're involved with? Howard year? Insurance. And the, and the organization, the women's organization? Oh, uh, the Washington Area Women's Foundation, the Washington Women's Leadership Initiative, basically anything with women in it, you can just sign me up. <laughs> uh-huh, so you're really involved with that stuff. Um, so you grew up in a male-dominated industry, and you, it sounds like you really enjoy challenge. I do. I do. Uh-huh. And um, and w- tell us a little bit more about a partner. W- w- what's a, when you when you chose your partner? How long have you guys been partners now? Uh, so I, I met Andrew Howard in two thousand four, uh, right when I got into the insurance so it's business. Like 14, and 15 years. Yeah, now. it's been a long time. And you guys have been partners for five years. Five. So that's what's right. the secret to choosing a good business partner? Uh, it's finding somebody that represents you in a room when you can't be in that room the way you want to be represented. So I, you know, I, I, I read about, you know, I see read the newspapers. There's a lot of fighting and litigation with partnerships. Knowing that there's a lot of litigation and stuff like that. I mean, d- do you guys trust each other? We trust each other implicitly. Yes. So even though I read the bad stuff in the newspapers, it's not always the truth. I mean, you guys really do have a trusting relationship, even though you probably have some sort of an agreement in case somebody gets hit by a bus. The bottom line is you really do get along with each other. We trust each other. We rely on each other. And we also, um, you know, have uh, just a vested interest in seeing each other succeed. And I guess that has an impact on the rest of the team because if the rest of the team see that you guys are really, you know, on the same page, it makes everybody else comfortable at work to voice their opinions and to really put their best foot forward, I would assume. Am it, I right or wrong it, about that? That's right. Collaboration, no egos, and and doing what's best for the client is, is ultimately what drives us. And, and we want to have fun while we're doing it. So we, we have a pretty good time. Doing it. What's the website address of this organization? Howard-insurance.com. Let me have that one more time. Howard-insurance.com. We've been speaking with Andrea Dykes, who's managing partner of Howard Insurance here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's Executive Leaders Radio.com. We'll learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this business spotlight. I'm Tina Leandi. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston 
business improvement district? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just, just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, they, the, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people and then who knows the next next great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh -huh. what's happening. So your, idea, your, your thought is in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through through events, through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's gonna come out of that. Mm -hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people, and you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine to five kind of job oh, for you? Oh, hell no, it's a lot longer uh -huh. than that, baby. So do you have to, you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, organization. Sure, it's balsambid.com, and, and you can download the Boston Connect mobile app. Let me have uh, let me have that website address one more balsambid.com. It's B-A, give me the spelling on that. B-A-L-L-S-T-O-N-B-I-D.com. Excellent. And your name again is? Tina Leone. And the name of the organization? Is the Balsam Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. One help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money. All the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. Succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow, assuming you've ser you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back to listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen, and we'd like to introduce Mahmoud Jabrell, who's the co founder and CEO of an organization called Norm Shield. Mahmoud, what is Norm Shield? What are you guys doing? Uh, well, Norm Shield is a venture-backed cybersecurity company that makes it easy for companies to monitor the cyber risk of their suppliers. How large or how small is this team? Uh, we're about 20 people. And uh, how'd you get a job with it? Well, I'm one of the co-founders. All right. Where are you from originally? Uh, from Somalia. And how many brothers and sisters, and where are you in the pecking order? Uh, total of 11, number two. Number two of 11. And uh, tell us, when you were a kid, 8 to 14, back in, Somali in Somalia, what, what, was, what was going on with you with sports and making money and stuff? Well, I played soccer for money. So uh, focused on school during the weekend, made money with playing soccer on weekends. Uh-huh, so you focused school during the weekend, you made money with soccer. What was your role on the soccer team? What position did you play? Uh, I played 
left forward, left winger, left forward. And what was the personality trait of the, less of the left wing forward? Well, uh, left wing supposed to be fast. Unfortunately, I was very slow, but I had very good ball control. So my success was I knew how to make others successful. So I would feed the ball to the center forward, the right forward that would score. Uh-huh. What's that have to do with your role as CEO of Norm Shield? Um, s- same approach. I, my goal is and my responsibility is to find the right people and to make them successful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Andrea. You were 16 when you came here to the U.S. That must have been a difficult transition. Uh, not exactly. Um, I've sort of expected I would be coming to the U.S. since I was very young, since my family has been coming as merchant sailors. So I was somewhat prepared for the adjustment. Uh-huh. So you, uh, so you were somewhat prepared, but you didn't find the transition to be difficult. What's that tell us about your personality? Well, I kind of consider myself a global citizen. I'm sort of uh, one of those people that if you drop me in Hong Kong tomorrow, I'm perfectly at home. So you're adaptable and flexible. All Correct. right. Lester? Mm. So the second of 11 kids, uh, what was expected of you as the second of 11? I was absolutely required to succeed. What do you mean? Uh, meaning being especially, uh, you know, being one of the older kids and, and coming to the U.S. at 16, the expectation was for me to be either an engineer or a doctor. There was but when no you were in, when you were in Somalia, was that was this expected? Even even you? at even when I was in second grade, that's what I was told. And and this wasn't just your family; it was an extended family. Correct. Also correct. Responsible uh, for large extended family of cousins and uncles and you know all these relatives. And what was your reputation among them? Um, I was always a problem solver. I was uh, was always considered a resourceful kid. What do you mean? So. Um, I would always find a solution to problems and fix things. And um, whether it's, uh, let's say, um, you know, I would academically, I want to make sure that I am successful. Uh So I would actually help other kids with uh, homework and uh, Uh those types of problems. Or I would fix things. David? Uh, When you arrived in the U.S., what was your first job? Uh, My first job in the U.S. was actually delivering uh, medical kits from doctor's office to labs. And when you were offered that job, you needed to get a car. You didn't have one. Correct. So uh, one of my neighbors actually offered me that job, uh, but he said, you need a car. So I actually called all my relatives in the U.S. and raised money. So that was actually my first fundraising effort. So you didn't have a car, but you wanted this delivery job, and you called all your relatives, and you raised money. Correct. Didn't you mention that this company is venture-backed? My current company, yes. Yeah. So you had to raise money with this current company. Correct. Do you think you learned anything when you were 16 trying to get the money for a car that you're using nowadays to raise venture capital? Um, in a way, um, so that's part What's of the, the resourcefulness. Uh, so I had to find a way to meet that need. Uh-huh. It was the same thing when you realized you needed to raise money to get this business off the ground. Correct. Uh-huh. Okay, just wanted to make sure I understood. Connie? What personality trait do you think you have carried through from first your position of second of 11 amongst your siblings and then your position on the soccer field and now the role that you play with your company? So I think the most important thing is that I know my weaknesses and I know my strengths. And I've learned at a very young age that for me to succeed, I have to find people who complement and kind of fill that gap, my weaknesses. So I've always been able to identify those resources, whether they are colleagues or people that work for me and find a way to make them successful which in turn makes me successful what's that have to do uh, you mentioned that you went to Catholic school in Somalia Mm -hmm. what was the effect of you going to Catholic school in Somalia on you other than to uh, that I learned how to beg for forgiveness instead of asking for permission Uh (laughs) aside (laughs) from that what else so uh, it was a very diverse school and uh, very international school, so I learned, you know, about a lot of other cultures and personalities and different ways of looking at things. So it made me kind of a universal, you know, uh, global citizen. Didn't you mention earlier that one of you that you think one of your greatest strengths is being able to understand people and use them where they fit best, where they really get turned on by their gigs? Correct, uh, and identify what they're passionate about, and also finding out how that can complement 
what I'm trying to obje- what I'm trying to achieve. How young were you when you realized you had that wonderful characteristic of helping others identify what really turns them on? Well, when I desperately wanted to be a left winger in this team, but I wasn't fast enough, and I had to just show value other ways and find how I can make others successful so that they would value my position. Wow. Natalie, what are you thinking? Well, earlier in the green room, you mentioned that somebody influential in your life was your cousin. and I wanted to see how your cousin was influential. Well, um, he, the advice we, he gave me was poignant, was a sort of hit the spot. One was, um, I asked him when I was in high school, well, how am I going to pay for college? And he said, get a straight A's and get a scholarship. Very straight, you know, very simple, very straightforward. Um, so what happened? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so I tried hard and studied and got good grades. Didn't get straight A's, but got very good grades and ended up getting a full scholarship. And how has that impacted the way you do business now? You know, so I'm always trying to, you know, that go, I go back to that problem solver, uh, you know, but n- I don't have all the answers. So I have to find, you know, the path of least resistance is always who knows that information? Who can I go to that can help, uh, help me solve this problem? Do you have somebody like that right now in your company as well? Uh, absolutely. Um, so I know nothing about sales. I'm an engineer by training. I came from an IT management background. So we went out and we hired what I would consider an A-team on the sales side. Our CTO who leads our development is by far the best software developer I've ever met in my life. So for me, because of the fact that they are very good at what they do, that makes me look good and that makes me successful. Mm-hmm. Who's got the next question here? Uh, you said that you were uh, a soccer player in high school here in the U.S. and mm-hmm. th- there's something about the team that really struck with you. You mentioned the diversity. You talk about that. Well, f- well, first and foremost, I mean, I came from a country that was fairly homogeneous and coming to the U.S., the first thing that really sort of surprised me was all of these players for all different languages, different cultures, then, and not only that, they all played different. So I was actually impressed, for example, the kid who played center forward for us who was Brazilian. I was just amazed how the guy controlled the ball and learned a lot from him. Uh, but he also wanted me on the team because he knew that I enabled him to score, even though I wasn't scoring. So uh, that diversity and, and skill and culture and all of that, and even food, you know, uh, amazed me. So, well, if, if we were doing a good interview, what are, we, what are we leaving at, or how are we not representing you, or what's incomplete about this interview? Well, I, I think um, you know the, my personality and what ma- what I'm passionate about, what makes me, I would say, who I am is that I like to find what makes people successful. So, I want to put people in in a position that enables them to succeed, and the best way to do that is to actually sit in front of them and say, what makes you passionate? If all the stars lined up, what would you want to do? And once you figure that out, it's easier to find a way to make that person happy, successful. Hmm. You know. How about that? What's the, uh, what's the website address of Normshield? Normshield.com. Let me have that one more time. Normshield.com. We've been speaking with Mahmoud Jabrell, who's the co-founder and CEO of Normshield here on Executive Leaders Radio. Uh, Lester, could you please give me a run to give us a rundown on who else we've had on the air today, please? Sure, Carrie Fox at President and CEO of Mission Partners. We had Jeannie Jung, President at Spider Smart. We had Andrea Dykes, Managing Partner at Howard Insurance, and Mahmoud Jabril, Co-Founder and CEO at Normshield. Thank you, Lester. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, including Natalie Gosnell, Cressa, David Kunzman, Pretori Law, Connie Hamill, KWC. Lester Smolin, Vistage, and Andrea Dykes, Howard Insurance, for giving me a hand, hopefully, uh, hopefully delivering to our audience an entertaining and enter show. And uh, we would like to thank our listening audience for listening. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a radio show. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders, it's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders. And the website address for Pretoria Law is... 
Uh, P-R-O-T-O-R-A-E-Law.com. Thank you for joining us today and have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.